Hello, welcome to the podcast of Grace Point Pentecostal Church. I'm glad you could join us for this message today. This is from the first night on Tuesday night of our prayer revival when we pray together as a church family and we're in this season of consecration. Our senior pastor taught a great word on prayer for understanding, revelation, and boldness. It was a really great message and a great understanding that we learned of how we can pray for these things. And so we pray you're blessed by this today and that you would pray for these things in Jesus' name. You can be seated for just a moment. How many feel that sweet presence of the Lord in this place right now? Amen. That is so vital every time, amen, that we get together, that the, the presence of the Lord move in and touch us like this. And it's, it just it unifies us in his presence. We've come in from so many various situations today. Some of, some of you may have gotten bad news. Some of you gotten great news. Things are going great at home, bad at home, whatever. We come in and the Spirit of the Lord is that unifier among us. It brings us all together in one place and in one accord. Amen. Praise God. I want to I talk and we're going to pray uh, for three specific things, three specific things tonight. And uh, th they kind of lead into where we are going uh, in our, our theme in just a couple of weeks or a few weeks on Vision Sunday uh, and for the year. And we've talked a lot about, we've talked a lot about Bible reading and getting in the Word and getting in uh, the Bible reading program. You know, I've found uh, so many times that people will tell me that it's just, they don't mind reading the Bible, they just have a hard time understanding it, right? And there's, there, there's nothing wrong with that. N none of us in here are so super spiritual that all mysteries have been revealed to us of the Word of God. Amen. The Word of God uh, has a way of just when you think you understand it, it'll reveal something new to you. Amen. Um, many of you can testify that I've read the same scripture a hundred times and it spoke to me a hundred different ways. Amen. And that's, that's because the Word of God is a living Word and it's always trying to teach us. Matter of fact, um, the Bible lets us know that uh, God is His Word. Amen. And so his word is teaching us to better know himself. And, and the first thing that we're going to pray for here in a moment is I want us to specifically pray for understanding. Pray for understanding. Um, pray for understanding of scripture. This, it, this is very important. I hear a lot of times in, in, in Pentecost, we start praying things that, that if we stop and we think about it, uh, they're, they're not based anywhere in the Scripture. I mean, they sound good. Uh, oftentimes, they move us emotionally, but don't, don't always have a basis in Scripture. Uh, when we pray things like, uh, and I've done it, uh, like, Lord, give me a burden for the lost. Well, if, if you've got the Holy Ghost and don't got a burden for the lost, something's wrong. Right, that comes with the Holy Ghost. That's His Spirit in us. We'll pray things like, "God, give me a desire to pray." That's 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 not in the Bible. Again, when you seek out after Him, He will change your desires. Amen. From from carnal things, He will give you desires that are kingdom desires. Amen. But it's not that I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna pray, you know, once a month and say, Lord, I'd pray more if you just give me a desire to pray. 
Amen. That, that's like, you know, telling your spouse, I'd love you more if you'd give me a desire to love you. It don't, it don't typically work like that. Matter of fact, it may not be very fun for you after that. But what we have to do is we have to discipline ourselves to get in the Word of God. For some reason, uh, in the last 25, 30 years in the church, it's, it's the more convenient the Bible has become to us, the more of an inconvenience it is. Okay? The, the, I'm going to say it again. The more convenient the Bible has come to us, the more of an inconvenience it is. In other words, um, what is on my iPad right now in just Bibles and commentaries would fill up, would fill up probably five or six bookshelves if you were to put every one of them in books. All the different translations, all the concordances, all the commentaries, all of these things, and they're right there at the tip of our finger. And it's so amazing that the Bible is so available to us now. And yet it is so little read. I, I, re, I remember, I mean, you can, carry, uh, I, you can carry your phone in school now. Now, we didn't have cell phones when I was in school, but pagers started coming out. And you, if, 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 I mean, if you worked a job or whatever, or you had rich parents, you could, you'd go down, buy you a pager, and you'd put it on your belt clip because you wanted to look cool, right? But they wouldn't let you wear them in school. You had to put them, you had to put them in, in, in your uh, locker. Um, I took my dad's broken and wore it on my hip. Man, I want everybody to think I had money. I was cool. But back in high school, if you went to a secular high school, one of the marks of being a Christian was you carried your Bible at school. I don't know if anybody else went to public school and was saved, but that's what you did. If you wanted, it, it, it was a way of not only um, letting everybody else know you were a Christian, it was a kind of a, an accountability thing. Because if you're carrying that Bible around, you know, you, you can't be in the third stall in the boys' room where it looks like a chimney coming out of there. Y'all don't remember smoking in the boys' room? That third stall toward the wall, man, there, I don't know how we fit 20 guys in that bathroom stall and, and everybody's token and, you know, puffing on cigarettes and stuff. If you, when you got that Bible in your hand, right, it's this, and I, I can remember um, our pastor constantly preaching to us if you're not ashamed of the Lord Jesus, you need to carry your Bible around. And so, we, I'd, you know, after I prayed through, I'd carry that Bible around everywhere I went, and I was glad to do it. You can carry that Bible around in your phone, and you can, you can read that thing anytime you want. But let's be, let, let's be honest for a moment, and this isn't for condemnation, this is... How many times are we going to go check Facebook over God's book? I'm not, I'm, not try, I'm not trying to beat you up. I just want you to think about what I'm saying right now. The Bible has never been more convenient for us to access. 
but it has never been more of an inconvenience. Amen. I'm, I'm not going to check, but a good way to check priority is after, don't do it now, but after when you get home, open up your phone and is your Bible even on that front screen? How many times do you have to swipe to get over to that Bible? Now, I'm not saying that's a heaven or hell issue. I'm just saying we need to prioritize the Word of God in our life. I, I remember when the church folks were so well-versed in Scripture that if the preacher misquoted it, amen, I, I'm afraid that in, in, a, in a lot of people, I could get up and, and totally misquote a Scripture and preach it wrong, and if they didn't throw it up there, a lot of folks wouldn't even know about it. We've got to get the Word of God in our heart. That's why we are incentivizing you to read your Bible through. As a matter of fact, one thing I forgot to mention Sunday morning is this year, if you read your Bible through this year in 2022, not only are we going to do a drawing like, we're, uh, like we've done for last year, but we are going to have a dinner celebration. We, uh, my wife and I are either going to take you all out to a restaurant or I'm going to twist Brother Roberto and Sister Patricia's arm to cook an amazing meal uh, for, uh, for some enchiladas and tacos because those are gourmet. Amen. We want to celebrate that. We, we, the, David said, thy word, O Lord, have I hid in my heart that I might get wealth and prosperity. I'm glad y'all caught that. <laughs> thy word have I hid in my heart that my enemies might find peace with me. Thy word, O Lord, have I hid in my heart that what? That I might not sin against you. A lot of people have sin problems because they have a word problem. We're going to pray about this in a moment. But I'm, I'm, as you know, we're going to teach, pray, teach, pray. That's what we do. We've got to get the word of God in our heart. We've got to get the word of God in our heart. I, I am, I'm surprised, or should I say saddened, at, at the lack of people that could, without a Bible present, fully explain the doctrine of the oneness of God. I, I, it, it scares me to know that if Google wasn't available or the Bible app, could you tell somebody about the plan of salvation? Amen? Or is it, oh, that's what our church teaches. Oh, that's what pastor preaches. It's got to be what we know. Amen? Matter of fact, you, you hear a lot of people say, I'm praying for the will of God. I'm praying for direction. Well, there's also scripture for that. He said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path, which means it illuminates where I am and it lets me see where I'm going. Get in the word. Let 2022 be a year of getting in the word like never before. I, I can remember uh, on, on Bible study, matter of fact, I'm so blessed that I got some uh, scriptures, or, uh, some uh, old cassette tapes from my, my pastor uh, who passed away when I was 16, Pastor Clark. Some of these tapes back in the early 80s and on some of these midweeks, uh, they would have people just, he would randomly have people stand up and quote scripture. 
And they'd take time to do it. I mean, we, I mean, we wouldn't do that now. People start being like, my God, well, we got to sit there and listen to him. I think that's a pretty impressive thing. And Pastor Clark would say, all right, Brother James, I want you to uh, stand up and, 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 and quote some scripture. And, and you could hear him stand up. Boy, he'd, he'd quote sometimes two or three verses, sometimes a whole chapter. Sister White, uh, stand up and quote what, what you've been reading. Boy, she'd stand up and, 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 and 10 or 15 people do that, and it'd take 10 or 20 minutes, and then he'd get in his Bible lesson. And I sit there and listen to that, and I thought, I wonder if a gun was held to our heads, how many scriptures could we quote? Amen. I want you to think about this tonight because we're fixing to pray about this. Amen. Listen, we got to do more than just come to church. Is this okay tonight? Is this, is this too heavy? We got to do more than just come to church and shout and dance and give. We got to get the Word of God in us, folks. We've got to get the Word of God in our heart. I want you to know the Word. I want you to have it in your heart that you know it. But I believe a great barrier or a great excuse or, or crutch that many of us use is, well, I don't understand it. And, and so we have so much convenience of so many translations of which I don't approve. I don't even think God approves of a lot of these translations. I know he doesn't. All right? You, you got... I will go through, if you don't have, if you don't have saved in, in your browser, you need to uh, www.biblegateway.com, okay? That needs to be one of your favorites because you can go through even different languages in the Bible. Matter of fact, I have sent people scripture in different languages and in initiating uh, Bible studies by doing that. What I'm saying is this, I, I remember uh, new converts would come in when I was a kid and I was always in my pastor's shadow I know I was a nuisance to him as a kid but I, I knew God had a plan for my life and I just wanted to be be with him I look at Addie and I remember when I was Addison's age I don't know I don't know if my parents really loved me or just really want to get rid of me but they would go to a convention in Cincinnati Ohio and at 10 years old I would go to that convention by, my, by myself, with my pastor and his wife. But I mean, they were doing their thing, and at 10 years old, I was, I was in that convention center with 5,000 other people going to restaurants by myself, going to the hotel room by myself. And I remember hearing these pastors when a new convert would come to them, and maybe some of y'all are, are seasoned enough, and you know what I'm talking about. They'd come to the pastor and say, you know, pastor, I just can't understand the Bible. Did anybody ever come to your dad and talk, say that? I got the Holy Ghost. I just, I'm reading, I can't understand the Bible. What would your dad say? Pray for understanding. I remember them coming up to uh, Brother Clark. And boy, Brother Clark was pretty much a King James only. He was almost like a fundamental Baptist. I mean, it was King James only. It was good enough for Peter and Paul. It's good enough for us. Amen. And um, I remember them coming up, you know, like with the NIV, and we, we referred to it as the nearly inspired version. Uh, it's okay if you use it as a reference. It, it shouldn't be your devotional Bible. They, they, they change way too much. They take out words like sin and hell and stuff like that. And, and stick, stick with a, a, a literal translation. King James, 
New King James, English Standard Version. I highly recommend those three. Uh, the Revised Standard Version. Those are, those are good versions you can read. And so, but, but the, the pastors would always tell them, pray for understanding. If you really want to know God's word, he's not going to hide it from you. And, and he never went to, and I, I'm, just, I'm just making an assumption. I'm sure your dad didn't go, well, here's this watered-down version of the Bible. Don't worry about that. You just do your best. You know what they do? And we're, we're not talking about people that were educated like we, we are for the most part. You're talking about people, at least that I knew, that were farmers, that, that were rebel rousers, that were absolute sinners, that maybe at best had a fifth grade education. And Brother Clark would say, if you'll pray and you'll seek God, he'll open your understanding to that Bible. And you know what God did every single time and without fail? He would open their understanding. You know how I know he would open their understanding? Because in testimony service, within a month or two, I would hear them get up. And I can still hear old Brother Billy Joe get up and go, I didn't understand a lick of that Bible until Brother Clark said, start praying. All of a sudden, the these and the thou started making sense. God will open your understanding. Listen to me, GP. You're not, you're not going to have a relationship with God based on my preaching. Young people, you're not going to have a relationship with God based on my ministry or your youth pastor's ministry or your parents. You have got to get the Word of God in your heart for yourself. Amen. And we're amen in that, but I'm saying that to adults. You've got to get the Word of God in your heart. But pastor, I don't understand it. Keep reading it. He will give you understanding. And I'll read you one scripture and then we're going to pray. How many want to know more of God's word? Amen. I want to know. I know I'll never be able to comprehend it all, but it doesn't mean I don't want to get my toe wet. That's like saying I'm not going to go to Hawaii and swim because I can never swim across the whole ocean. Surf a little bit. Get in the word. Luke chapter 24 and verse 45 says, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. If you are having a hard time understanding scripture, write this down, Luke 24, 45. And you pray that before you read your, you should probably pray something along those lines before you read your Bible anyway. You need to pray this scripture. Lord, open my understanding that I might understand the Scripture. And I want to tell you something. He will open your understanding if you will read your Bible and you will pray. God is going to open your understanding. And over the next few weeks and few months, as you continue to read your Bible and you make that a part of your prayer, I, it's not something I believe. It's something I know for a fact. God is all of a sudden going to open your understanding to be able to comprehend what his word is telling you. Amen. And I, look, we're not trying to, as your, as your pastor, I am not trying to raise up a church that knows how to shout right or that knows how to dance right or that knows how to just give good or be a church. I am for the Lord Jesus Christ wanting to raise up a church that knows his word.
Because if we know his word, all of that other stuff goes along with it. Remember, the mark of a mature saint is knowing the word of God. Amen. I want you to lift your hands and pray with me right now. We're going to pray for a few moments. Amen. As the spirit of the Lord Jesus leads us. We are going to pray for understanding. God, I want you to open our understanding like you did the two disciples in Luke chapter 24. I pray that you open our understanding, God, as we are in the beginning of this new year, Lord, and there are so many in this room that have committed and devoted themselves to read their Bible through this year, Lord. I pray that it not just be a a thing on their to-do list, God, but you would open them their understanding each and every time that sacred book is opened. God, open their understanding to the words of life, to the words that bring liberty and freedom and direction. In the name of Jesus, God, open our understanding. I feel the Holy Ghost here, GP. Go ahead. That's why some of you are feeling the Holy Ghost move on you real strong and you're starting to pray in tongues. That's God beginning to to open your understanding right now. of Jesus in the name of Jesus come on just lift that voice a little bit more and petition the Lord with passion petition the Lord but I know it's a Tuesday night but you got to petition him say God I I want understanding God I don't want to just mindlessly and aimlessly turn page to page but God I want you to speak to me through that word I want that word to come alive in my life oh Lord Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord thanks for that because I believe he's going to do that in somebody's life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 Now, I'll say this. If, if you're waiting for God to, you know, just, just bomb something out of the heavens, uh, something so mysterious, and, and, and all of a sudden it's just going to in one just, just turn, it's not, that don't happen. It happens through his word. And I, I'm going to tell you something. And I hope, you, I hope you feel where I'm coming from when I say this. If we don't get the word of God back in our, in our daily life, we are not too far removed from being a relic on the ring of religion. Okay. I love preaching probably more than anybody or as much as anybody. I listen to preaching all the time. But I'm going to tell you, we, get, we, get, we are too drunk on preaching, for lack of a better term. 
The only word that a lot of people get is through preaching, and that's good. That's what we have a podcast for. But you have got to get the word of God for yourself. Hey, we can knock the Catholics all we want, but, man, they brainwashed those kids for the first 10, 12 years. We can knock the Mormons all we want, but you know what the sad reality is? The average Mormon can quote more of the Bible than the average Christian can. That's not even counting the Book of Mormon. I'm talking about our King James Bible. The average Mormon can probably 10 to 1 outquote Scripture. But we're going to win the world. His word is our power. Amen. Praise God. His word is our sword. I mean, we can, we can, we can knock the Muslims all we want. And their extremism, not, but do you know what? The Muslims, boy, they know, their, they know the Quran. They can quote it book by book. Lord, I, I pray that something would ignite in us to want to know your word now more than ever before. At some point, I want us to not be hungry and passionate about just coming to church and going through uh, churchism. I want, us to, I want us to get a hold of something that says, I've got to get in the word of God. I want it for myself. I want to, I want to draw, amen. That's what I want. David, again, thy word have I hid in my heart. We need to get that word in our heart. I know this is some basic stuff. I know this is basic stuff, but I'm going to tell you, it would surprise you the amount of people that probably couldn't quote more than a dozen scriptures at best, but have been a Christian for years. Amen. These, this is prayer revival. This is why we come. We're praying. We're praying for God to help us. The second thing I want us to pray for, because after you get un- understanding, you need revelation. There's a difference between understanding and revelation. First, we prayed for understanding of the scriptures, but I want us to now pray for revelation of scripture. In Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29, the word of the Lord says, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of his law. Let me read that again. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. We need God to give us revelation that's going to be revealed to us and that will be to us and to our children. I'm going to say again to wake up anybody. Maybe I need to keep saying this again. We need to pray for revelation that we get from God that will be for us and our children. You need to be able to explain the doctrine to your kids. You need to be able to understand and teach holiness to your kids. Amen. Pastor, we need to pray for that money miracle. No, we need the word. We need the word. 
We need to pray for revelation. I, I, I don't know how many of you have taught Bible studies in a home before, but how many have you ever taught somebody a Bible study and you saw them get the revelation? There is a vast difference between... See, growing up, I understood the oneness of God. I understood it. Okay? I knew there was one God. You, you try to talk to me about a triune Godhead, even as a kid, it didn't make sense to me. I said, that, well, that don't even make sense. I understood there's only one God. But I will never forget when I got the revelation of one God. When God opened my understanding and then gave me revelation of it, all of a sudden, you, you could no longer, uh, you couldn't unsee it after that. I have sat at tables and, or, or anywhere teaching Bible study on baptism or whatever it is, and you can see them going, yeah, I see that when, when it comes to baptism. I, that, that's one of my favorite when somebody gets the revelation. They say, yeah, I see that. I, I, can, I understand that. that. You know, that makes a lot of sense. And then all of a sudden, when revelation comes, it's totally different. I remember we were in Haiti teaching uh, about 100 uh, Trinitarian pastors about baptism in Jesus' name. And, and, and they were, you could tell they were, they were kind of getting where we were coming from. But the moment the revelation came in of the mighty God in Christ, something changed. It was no longer, uh, I, I can see your point of view. Uh, I, I'll never forget standing there in, in uh, that port city out of, uh, uh, it's, I'm blanking on it right now. And we were standing in, that, in the uh, Wesleyan church there. And I'm talking about the mighty God in Christ because we're talking about water baptism in Jesus' name. And all of these almost, one, there's about 97 pastors in there uh, had been trained out of the Wesleyan seminar, seminary and they had been taught that you will never understand the Godhead because God, the Godhead is a mystery and it cannot be revealed and you've got to accept it by faith uh, that there are three persons that are co-equal in the triune Godhead and uh, you'll never be able to see God, you know, God the Father and all this stuff. And so as I'm teaching and I'm talking about why we baptize in Jesus' name, they had asked the question, uh, of why not include the Father? How come you don't say, because if you don't say Father, Son, and, well, you're leaving the Father out. And I went to the scripture where Philip said uh, to Jesus, if you show us the Father, then we'll be satisfied. And, and I stopped right there and I said, but Jesus looked at Philip and said, how long have I been with you and do you not understand it yet that when you see me you have seen the father I and my father now you've heard that a million times they've read that a million times but there was understanding in that room but when revelation came into that room I am telling you I wish we'd have had it on video it sounded like a gunshot went off it went just like that in that room matter of fact I flinched I honestly thought somebody had hit or fired a weapon in that room and when it went pop the next second, that place erupted in worship. Uh, I'm talking almost 100 Wesleyan pastors. They don't have demonstrative worship. Uh, they're, they're conservative Methodists. I mean, they don't clap. They don't lift their hands. They don't dance. They don't do any of that. 
all of a sudden that place erupted and they were doing like this and they were waving their hands and I turned to uh, the translator, Pastor Johannes, and I said, what are they doing? He said, with tears running down his face, he said, they have got the revelation. They are worshiping. I said, what are they saying? They are saying, we can see it. It was all a lie. We know it now. Jesus is the Father. The Father is Jesus. And they were worshiping. Why? Because they got the revelation. I am praying that you get understanding, but you don't stop at understanding, but that you will get revelation in the Word of God. I'm praying you'll get a revelation of this doctrine that we teach. Amen. I'm praying you'll get a revelation that there is one God and His name is Jesus. I'm praying that it's not just something you understand or that the church teaches, but I'm praying that tonight you will begin to seek God and say, Lord, I want a revelation of the doctrine of salvation. I want a revelation of the doctrine of holiness. I want a revelation of the doctrine, amen, of the mighty God in Christ in my life. Lord, I thank you that I go to a church that teaches it. And Lord, I can understand it, but I want the revelation to where when I see it, it cannot be unseen anymore. Because when you get a revelation, you don't compromise a revelation. You've seen it, you'll live it, you'll walk it, you'll talk it, you'll breathe it, and you'll die with it. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. God wants his church to have revelation. Somebody shout revelation. Amen, amen. Look, look, I, 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 I know it's a Tuesday night. It's the first midweek of the year, first midweek of the prayer revival. Amen, and, 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 and I know this is kind of heavy, but I, I, God obviously feels like you're mature enough to handle what I'm saying. Folks, listen, if you are leaving it to me to teach your kids doctrine, amen, you got them a whole lot more than I do. And if you're leaving it to me to the only time you hear it and you read it and, and, and you even think about it is when it's taught at church we are missing the boat and believe me we are living in a time I feel the Holy Ghost right now where the spirit of the age is going to try and turn the body of Christ with all these uh, seducing spirits of false doctrine if you don't get a revelation of this glorious gospel that we preach you're going to get blown away like the chaff you're going to get blown away with every wind of doctrine amen I I don't know about you, but I want to be like that righteous tree that David talked about that is planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in its season. Amen. It doesn't matter which way the wind blows. I am rooted in God's word. I am established in the doctrine, not only because I understand it, because I've got a revelation of it. Amen. You might be able to convince me Adam didn't have a belly button. But you ain't never going to convince me that Jesus and the Father are two separate, co-equal, co-existent persons. I'll believe water's dry before I believe that. Amen. It's, that's what revelation does. What does the Bible say uh, in the book of Proverbs chapter 29 in verse uh, 18? We read it like this. We say in the King James where there is no vision, the people perish. Another translation says it this way, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Let me say that again. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. 
You want to know why so many people are losing their, their, their consecration of holiness? They don't have a revelation of it. You want to know why all of a sudden in Christianity it's become so accepting that uh, 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 drinking alcohol has become so accepting that churches have beer kegs in the foyer? Because they don't have a revelation. We, we saw uh, some people we knew not too long ago on social media, they, they've uh, forsaken the doctrine and, and they were bragging about the fact that they were doing Bible studies at a beer garden. Not too long ago, my wife was at a funeral where one of the pastors of a very large, the largest church in our area, one of the pastors was bragging about going to the bar with the man whose funeral we were at, or she was at. He bragged about them sitting at the bar and drinking and talking about God. Fifty years ago, nobody would admit that or ever say they did that and call themselves a Christian. Why is the Christian uh, uh, movement of America going to a point where, amen, where alcoholism and, 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 and marijuana, all, everything, homosexuality, everything is so accepted in the church. I'll tell you why. Because they never had a revelation. And the Bible says where there is no revelation, there is, they cast off restraint. You know what revelation does? It'll restrain you. Amen. And it's not in a negative way it's in a powerful way it will restrain you it will keep the, the things of God in your life I feel the Holy Ghost right now amen electricity is powerful but when you learn how to restrain that electricity you can turn buildings on and off amen you can set things into motion God's got power he wants to use in your life but if you don't have revelation you don't have an on switch you don't have an off switch you don't have have a way to steer it or direct it in your life but God is saying to our churches right now I want you to get in my word I want you to get understanding of my word but I want you to get revelation of my word oh hallelujah hallelujah oh I feel the Holy Ghost right now Hallelujah. You don't got to pray, God, help me stop sinning. All you got to do is pray, God, give me a revelation. I want a revelation of this word. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. Why don't you go ahead and lift that voice. You can stand or kneel or walk around, but I feel the Holy Ghost here moving. God wants you to get a revelation tonight. Oh, he wants you to get revelation tonight in his word. In the name of Jesus, I, I believe it because I've seen it. I know it from myself. This isn't pastor's religion. This isn't the church's doctrine. But Lord, this is in your word and I believe it because it's been revealed to me. Jesus. Come on, somebody lift that voice and pray for revelation right now. Come on, GP, in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift that voice and pray. God, I want revelation. I've heard it taught. We've sung about it. We've preached about it. We've taught it. We've believed for it. We've read books about it. But God, we want that revelation. We want revelation of destiny for this church. We want revelation, oh God, of the impact and the empowerment. You're going to use this church for in the name of Jesus that's it there's something rising up in some of you right now go ahead and pray without authority in the Holy Ghost he's given revelation
in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and just stand up, lift those hands, stretch them out to the Lord right now and say, God, I'm believing for revelation in my soul right now. I'm believing you're gonna awaken. You're going to enlighten. You're going to reveal those things in scripture into my life. As I go through this year, in the name of Jesus, God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The third and final thing I want us to pray for is that after you get, you get understanding, then you get revelation, amen, then, then you, need, you need boldness to live the revelation. You need boldness to live the revelation, amen. You get under, somebody say understanding, say revelation, now say boldness. That's what we're praying for. All of this goes in the same vein. It's in the same flow. It's on the same path. Amen. We, we got, when we get revelation, then we got to have boldness to live it. Now, boldness is something you can pray for because they did it in the book of Acts. They prayed for boldness. The apostle Paul commanded boldness. Amen. We get boldness in our life. If we're going to live the revelation and the understanding of the scripture, I'm going to tell you something right now. The, old, the, the, the darker this world gets, the more sinful this world gets. You know what? Scratch that. The more compromising the church world gets, the more boldness you're going to need to live for God. The more boldness you're going to need to stand for the things of God. Amen. Because people look at us, even in so-called Pentecostal ranks, look at us and say, that's so antiquated. That's so outdated. You need to modernize that. You need to get with the program. That's so 1950s. That's no, no. That's so Bible. I want to stick with the Bible. And if we're going to believe it and get a revelation, then we need the boldness to live it no matter what anybody says. When God gives that revelation, we got to pray for boldness. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 in verses number 7 and 8, and he said, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but thou be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. In other words, what Paul was saying was, 
You're not supposed to live in fear. You're not supposed to live this gospel hiding in a corner. You know what I pray? I pray you will live out loud for Jesus. I pray you will get a revelation and a boldness, amen, that we're not timid little Christians, but if we are going to ever reach this world, we've got to live with the same intensity of boldness for Jesus that the world does for sin. The world makes no apologies for their wickedness. But I feel like the church is constantly apologizing because of our values. Amen. I, 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 I even see Christians uh, during the holidays. I've watched it between Thanksgiving and New Year's. Even Christians are becoming politically correct. They won't even say Merry Christmas. Afraid they're going to offend somebody. Well, stick it in your ear. Merry Christmas. That's what we celebrate. I'm not celebrating anything else. I'm celebrating Christmas. And if Christmas offends a Christian, you ain't a Christian. Amen. And it's not a political statement. It's a statement of fact. You just watch the church as the world is getting bolder. The church is getting weaker. All of a sudden, we, we feel like we've got to accept the terminology of the world. Uh-uh. I'm going to, I can be bold in love. Imagine if Jesus stood up and preached and was politically correct about it. He stood there, you generation of vipers, you twofold child of hell. That's the kind of preacher Jesus and the apostles were. They weren't pulling out their book of preferred gender pronouns. And socially acceptable terms that, that have been thoroughly poll tested and, 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 and media approved. We need to live out loud for Jesus with boldness. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed to be a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again believer, liberated in the power of Jesus' name. And I'm not ashamed of that. Folks, listen, if we really believe this is the way to heaven, we need to live bold about it. I'm not trying to find a way to accept somebody else's theology that they might get to heaven. I want to be bold enough to say there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above you all, through you all, in you. I want to be bold enough to say that there is only one way to be saved and Jesus is that way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I thank God for whatever you're doing as you advance in living for God, but the plan of salvation still says you got to repent of your sins. you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if you live beyond that, live a life of holiness and separation to the world, we can't apologize for that. We're not trying to cloak and dagger this stuff. We cannot be Christians incognito. we got to be bold about it. When God gives you a revelation, live it boldly. Live it boldly. Live it strongly. One translation of that scripture says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity. God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. In other words, what he is saying is when God filled you with the Holy Ghost, he filled you with boldness. Amen. 
Oh, hallelujah. We need boldness to live this revelation out loud. We got to stop apologizing for our apostolic identity. We got to stop apologizing because we don't homogenize with the ecumenical world. Listen, folks, I don't want anything that they have. I want the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want the power and the wisdom and the revelation of God's word. Amen. The Bible still works, folks. The Bible still works. If we will get this in our heart, if we will pray for understanding, if we'll pray for revelation, and if we'll pray for boldness, those are things the Bible said we could ask for and we could pray for. I want you to stand with me tonight as this is our, 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 our last focus point and then we'll, in a moment, conclude in worship. I want us to pray for boldness. I want us to pray for boldness. And when we pray for boldness, it ought to sound like this roof's about to come off this place. Now, I've been nice on the last two. But some of y'all need to stick a finger in the light socket tonight. Because we pray for boldness. The Bible said in Acts chapter 4, when they prayed for boldness, the whole building shook. We'll pray for both. Oh, God, give us boldness. Pastor, let us pray this on Sunday. I want boldness. I want bold that when I see somebody struggling with something, they're having a boldness to speak into that situation. How many of you in the last six months have seen a coworker, family member, somebody going through something, and you knew you had the answer? I'm not asking for a show of hands, but you knew you had the answer because you had the Word of God, but you didn't because you were afraid of how they might react. What if we get enough Holy Ghost boldness in us? Now, we don't got to go around kicking doors open and palming every head that we see. But when that moment comes and God gives us understanding and, and wisdom and how to move, we won't stand back and go, oh, they, they might reject it. Oh, I, I, I don't know if I can. I should probably just mind my own. No, we'll step in with boldness and in the love of God. And we'll say, you know what? The word of God has an answer for that situation. Boldness. Bold. You know what would happen? My God. You know what would happen if just 10 people in each campus got, got baptized with boldness? We'd, we'd flip the city on its ear. Hey Amen. I, I, we, we take shots at so many religions. And, and you know what? One of the reasons we take shots at them? Because they convict us. They convict us. It's easy to take a shot at those two young guys wearing a white shirts and black ties riding bicycles and their tags say elder and they're only 19 years old. It's easy to take a shot at them. You want to know why? You know what? It's, it's easier to make fun of them than really have to face the facts that they'll do more in their two-year mission than, than a lot of believers will do in 50 years living for God. Amen. It, it's easy to make fun of Jehovah's Witness because they'll come and They'll knock on your door at the most inopportune time. And we say, well, they don't even believe in me. And that's an occult and all this kind of stuff. And there's so many things that, that, that's so right about. But the truth of the matter is, most apostolics will never knock on the door. They'll pray that God will move on pastor. I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. He'll pray, God, move on pastor. Oh, God, lead pastor. Oh, God, to raise up an outreach team. You ever thought you are the outreach team? 
Is this okay tonight? Y'all still love me, right? I don't have to go back through the whole repentance thing again. God's calling us, each and every one of us. Amen. Live it boldly. Let God give you boldness. In Acts chapter 4, they prayed for boldness. They didn't pray for boldness to knock doors, folks. They weren't praying for boldness to share the gospel in the break room or to pray with somebody at Safeway. You know what they were praying boldness for? Because they had ribbons of flesh hanging off their back and, and gashes across their shoulders where they had been beaten with whips and threatened with their lives that if they even uttered the name of Jesus again that the religious high council would kill them and they prayed God give us boldness that we might continue to preach this gospel folks we don't face uh, persecution anywhere near that but could you imagine if God would give us that same boldness they had in Acts 4 to stand up against the threat of death if we had that same boldness to just stand up against the threat of insecurity or intimidation or rejection I am telling you there are people in this place right now you'd be having church in your home five nights a week if you'd let God baptize you with boldness and revelation if you would ever get that revelation of how powerful that you can be when you have a revelation of the gospel and you got boldness amen we wouldn't have to try to convince you to have a connect group you'd have people in your home on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays you'd be flipping through Bible study charts you'd be I mean we'd be baptized and people in your in your in jacuzzi in your bathtub down at the pond at the park amen God is looking for somebody to say Lord give me understanding of your word give me revelation of your word and then Lord baptize me with boldness so that I can live your word that I can share your word that I can teach your word that I can preach your word that I can reach with your word Come on, heaven and earth shall pass away, he said, but my words shall never pass away. Amen. Amen. Things in this world will change, but God's word will never change. Amen. Songs will change, but his word won't change. Buildings will change, but the word won't change. Names will change, but the word won't change. And God wants you to get a boldness in that word that you can teach it and preach it. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. Go ahead right now. Go ahead, GP. There's something powerful trying to ignite in this place. There's something powerful trying to ignite in this place. God is calling some of you to come out of your comfort zone, but you can't do it until you get boldness. But you won't get boldness until you get revelation. And you don't get revelation until you ask for understanding. God is calling some of you to evangelize your neighborhood. He's not calling you to pulpit ministry, but he's calling you to preaching. He's calling you to share the gospel how many times has it been prophesied over this church that we're going to double in a short amount of time amen that's not going to happen until somebody gets bold until somebody gets ignited with fire and passion oh God baptize us with an Acts chapter 4 boldness in the name of Jesus oh I feel it moving in this place right now 
God, I pray you would raise up street preachers in this room right now. Men and women that wouldn't be afraid to stand on the street corner of Woodland and lift up their voice and proclaim the name of the Lord. I pray you would raise up connect group leaders that open up their home till they're overflowing teaching Bible studies. God, give us a boldness. More than a boldness to dance in church. More than a boldness to speak in tongues on a Sunday service. God, give us a boldness to share the revelation. Come on, GP, you just tapped into something. I don't know if you sense that or not, but you just tapped into something in the Holy Ghost. You can, you can pray where you are. You can step out and walk the aisles. We're almost done. You can come walk the altars, but I feel boldness rising up in this place. Thank you for joining this podcast. We pray it was a blessing to you, and we're so grateful that you could join us today. We want to stay connected with you, so please subscribe in your podcast player and leave us a review. You can also find us on Facebook at GP Woodland or on our website at gpwoodland.com or on YouTube with Grace Point Pentecostal Church. Let's stay connected and we will see you next time.